Welcome to Truth and Liberty. Thank you for joining our daily live call-in broadcast where trusted leaders bring biblical insights to the issues and you can call in and get your questions answered in real time. According to the Bible, it's the truth you know that sets you free. So call in today to get answers, information, and resources to help you stand for truth and effect godly change in our nation and the world. And now here's your host, Alex McFarland. Romans 1 verse 22 almost could be the life verse for the culture of our times. You know how people say they've got a life verse. Maybe it's Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Or maybe it's John 3.16. Well, if there were a life verse for the age in which we live, it might be Romans 1.22, speaking of a world that rejects God and truth professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Hi, Alex McFarland here. Welcome to tonight's edition of Truth and Liberty. Folks, this is a special program. I am on set at Karis Bible College and Andrew Womack Ministries. We're in the studio, and I'm so excited to have with me a colleague and a friend, one of our students from the Practical Government School, a graduate, uh, and Tim Robertson is somebody I've appreciated so much. Brother, yes, sir. welcome to Truth and Liberty, although you're an alumnus, but it's good to have you. Man, it is an absolute honor to just be here and be a part of anything Karis has got going on, anything Truth of Liberty has got going on. I, I, I'm, I'm so humbled. I, don't, I, have, I almost could not say any words because of my hum. I'm so humble right well, now. You know. Well, amen. Well, uh, the the place is a beehive right now of activity because there are people from all over the country here for the Truth and Liberty Conference. You know, Richard Harris and. Andrew and myself and all of us, Dwayne Sheriff, we've been talking about it for a number of weeks. And I want to get to that, and you can watch it later tonight. David Barton is going to speak. So after Truth and Liberty goes off the air, you can watch the um, Truth and Liberty conference online. It, we had a great night last night. I want to talk about it, but first, you know, two North Carolina boys. Oh, no. Could, we couldn't let this go by. Tonight, you know, it's going to be a spirit filled show. You got North Carolina, not just me and my southern accent, but you're a native North Carolinian as well. Absolutely. They're going to get plenty of y'alls and ain'ts tonight. That's right. <laughs> so so let's, let's help these dear folks understand about North Carolina. We got barbecue. Absolutely. Barbecue, by the way, is a noun, not a verb. Barbecue is something you eat. It's not something you do. That, amen. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. And we got Andy Griffith, the Andy Griffith Show. Do you ever watch that? Oh, yeah. I've been to Mayberry more than once. It's actually Mount Airy. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and of course, we'll keep it spiritual here, Billy Graham. The, Billy Graham is also North Carolinian. But um, I will tell you this. We are, we are, as we say down south, right proud of our state, aren't we? Absolutely. Now, what, what part of North Carolina do you come from, and how did you come to know the Lord, Tim? Ah, oh, man, um, I, quite a journey along the way. But I grew up in Winston-Salem, right outside of Winston-Salem and Wahlberg. Right now I live in a little community called Midway. Uh, it's, I always called it Welcome, but my wife always corrects me. It's Midway. But I, I know where that is. Yeah, yeah. But um, I come to the Lord uh, as a young man. Um, I 
I, I knew about the Lord. Mom took me to church, you, you, you know, that type of thing. But my father passed away when I was 14. And my aunt, you know, uh, as a young man, you, you didn't know how to deal with it. So my aunt says, you know what, I'm going to get this guy in church. And I went, so I'm going to the Baptist church. So I went from Moravian to Baptist. And there, there's a, around Winston-Salem and yeah. Forsyth County, they were a Christian group. Um, forgive me for interrupting, but this is a great, great thing. Count Nicholas von Zinzendorf was a Moravian landowner in Europe, got saved, yeah. and he had a building on his uh, estate back in, I don't know where it was, Germany or somewhere, and um, they had a prayer meeting that lasted 107 years. Oh. And people were in his little little cabin praying with hands on the globe for 107 years. And, and one historian said children were uh, weeping and interceding for the salvation of countries, the names of which they could barely pronounce. Oh. But those Moravians came and settled in Winston-Salem, what is now Winston-Salem, isn't it? Yeah, that's where we get, uh, you can actually visit some of the historical sites called Old Salem. Old Salem, yeah, sure. But yeah, after, after that, I, I got, I turned 16, I got me a 1971 Chevelle Malibu, and I, you know, I drove as far away from the Lord as I possibly could, mm. you know. But um, that's a cool car, by the way. Oh, it is. Was it a 396? No, it was the 350. I don't, but that's still good. That's still good, though. Um, but as time went on, um, I had, I got married. I had a couple kids. Uh, I DJed in the nightclubs. For real? Oh yeah, you know that uh, techno type stuff. And and now, what year? You the DJ? Yeah. Tim, Tim uh, scratching and spinning. Uh, what year would this have been? This would have been from um, 1989 to about 19, about about 2000. I remember spinning mm. the last record in 2000. Wow. Again, but. Um, also remix dance records for a living. I mean, I, I mean, you could go look. I got vinyl and CD with my own stuff. And I'm, but when the Lord got hold of me, and I'll, I'll share how that happened. Um, of course, being in nightclubs, you're going to ruin your first marriage. It just seems like that's what happens. But I, matter of fact, I met my late wife now at a place called Hellenbach. It had hell on one side and Inbach down there, like Hellenbach. That's just to go to Hellenbach. <laughs> yeah. wow. And it was kind of uh, a narrative for the story. But, yeah. but, but my wife, you know, we, she had some emotional issues and she got together one time and she says, we need to go to church. We need to go to church. And we've been up at the club doing coke all night, oh all Lord. night. And I said, honey, you don't understand. It's 10 o'clock in the morning. I said, I'm high over here. I don't need to be going to church. And sure enough, we go uh, to church that morning. And, and of course, we go to a Pentecostal holiness church. Praise now, God. Now, I've been to enough Baptist church to know that that speaking in tongues is of the devil. You know? but, but what's funny about that is, um, uh, you know, I've worked in all those dives and joints and DJs and all that stuff. I never heard in any all these evil people talking in tongues. So, mm. so that kind of blows that that tongues is of the devil thing out mm. of the water. But, but so this morning after a night of partying, yeah, y'all get up and go to church. Go to church. We'd never quit to sleep. Which is that's where you ought to go if you've been out partying all night. Sunday morning, you ought to go to church. The Lord has His arms open to receive you, doesn't He? Yeah. But, yeah, and, and, and the Pentecostal holiness, in order to be born again, you had to get the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 
and sure enough, um, uh, that uh, I experienced that on a Thursday night. I felt the power of God come upon me, and I've never been the same again. Mm-hmm. But it, it was a very uh, legalistic church. Uh, right. You know, the, you had to wear ties. You couldn't have facial hair. The wife had to wear dresses, and there's no makeup. You know, but I worked night shift at the time, and I got home. And when I got home at 7 a.m., there's this guy named Andrew Womack playing. On, on TV? There, on, yes. And Amen. I would watch him every morning. He was, he was talking about Romans, the power of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought, this is not what I'm hearing in church. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he totally changed me from legalistic to the grace of God. He showed me the real nature of God. And since then, you know, I couldn't go to that church. I, I left the church. But you know what? For six years, I never... There never was a day I didn't read my Bible, mm-hmm. and I never had a preacher tell me to do it. Oh, wow. I was in love with yeah. the Lord, and uh, forever changed my world uh, through Andrew. Amen. Absolutely. Amen. So, how did the Lord bring you out here to Karis Bible College? Oh, man. Well, I graduated in 2018 from the Greensboro campus. Oh, okay. So, they had a Greensboro campus. As a matter of fact, it took four years to uh, to do a two-year program. So we had a, a few people. You know, right. We talked about our friend Lee Boyd. He was in the class uh, with me. Yeah. Th- this and, is so special because uh, Pat and Lee Boyd I met in second grade. In fact, I need to dig out some pictures of us playing Little League Baseball in 1975 and 76, the bicentennial year. I know this is before your time probably. But Pat and Lee Boyd, we were on baseball teams together. And I've got pictures of us. They're wonderful men of God. And uh, you mentioned Greensboro. We've got a colleague there, Brian Clark, at Grace Life Church. I'm actually going to be there at Grace Life. Let me see here. Is October the 29th. Octo- Sunday, October 29, 1030. If you happen to be in central North Carolina, Greensboro, we'd love to see you at Grace Life. Will you be there that day? Absolutely. That is that is my home church, and that is my Praise pastor. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, about six of us from that class that graduated in 2018 yeah. uh, got together and got behind this man, pushed, and we, we come from tearing down equipment in the middle of a, of a cafeteria at the middle school to, to a beautiful building. It is. And the, and the church is great. Brian Clark is doing a phenomenal job. Absolutely. I'm very honored to come back. And uh, this is really special to me. I'm very sentimental. And here I'm with you, you and I, uh, in the practical government school together. And uh, you know Lee Boyd. In fact, he played a big role in your life, didn't he? He did, and he's been one of one of my best friends. And what's funny is one of my wife's good friends is Karen Googe. Really? <laughs> yeah, which is on your board. So Karen, on it's, the, it's connecting all here in, in Colorado today. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna tell you, I tell young people, we, we did yeah. seven camps this summer. Yeah. And um, Truth for a New Generation, we've got at our table in the uh, lobby of the college, we've got our big banner. Karen Googe is on our board. She's just a wonderful woman of God. But I tell kids, um, walk right and do right because it's a small world. I mean, you and I, I'm, I counted, we're 1,862 miles from Greensboro, right here. But yet everybody knows everybody. And uh, l- let me say this, folks. Your number one thing in your life is your relationship with Jesus, but then your, your character and your reputation. Because you're in just this conversation, everybody knows everybody, don't they? Yeah, they do. Yeah. So um, you're part of Grace Life Church, and um, you, since practical government school, 
And I, I do want to talk about that in a moment, but you've started a ministry. I did. When I graduated from practical government school in, in, in 2022, um, I took all this information and I said, what do, you, what, what do we need to do with it? And I was thinking, why didn't I know that? Especially when it comes to the Constitution. So the, the first thing I did is I made a little four-hour constitutional little crash course like oh, that. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. And formed a little uh, ministry called Freedom Field Ministries. Freedom Field. Freedom Field. I believe if you're Spirit-filled, you should be also Freedom, freedom. Field. Because the Spirit of the Lord is, there is... Freedom. Liberty and freedom. Yeah. yeah. Oh, these are awesome. Did you design these? I or, did. Or you had, I did. had This looks really good. The website is freedomfilled.org, and you're teaching people about the Constitution. You know, I'm the same way. Um, right now, tonight, uh, after the show is off, we're going to hear David Barton. And I was a youth pastor in Greensboro for 11 years, and we, in 1996, this goes way back. Um, one of the deacons at our church said, um, I've heard a guy named David Barton. I want you to follow up and bring him to Greensboro. And we worked around and got some churches. And I'm telling you, my life was changed forever because under David Barton, I learned things about our Constitution and history that I certainly never learned in public school. Yeah. You know, but you're you're doing the same thing. I mean, you're helping people understand our rights and our constitution. Yeah, it, it, I, it's a four-hour course, and and the reason I did four hours is first of all, you could do it in a day from eight to twelve on a, on a Saturday, or you could do it once a week and in a month or in four months have it done or for men's groups or whatever. But it's it's we needed to cover the basics. We we have Rick Green and David Barton who have the biblical citizenship. I I encourage everybody to go through that. Mm -hmm. But it's 12 hours long. Mm -hmm. This gets you prepared for that. Basically, it lets you know why uh, the the our right. It's not necessarily Constitution is not about our rights. Mm -hmm. It's about a job description for our government. But amen, amen. But it's get to know the Declaration of Independence. The role of Congress, the role of the presidency, ju the judges, and the judiciary, and then the Bill of Rights, and it's just simple overview, kind of a broad stroke, and that can prepare the, you. The Bill of Rights is really kind of an addendum to the Constitution, isn't it? Oh yeah, even Alexander Hamilton said that it was—he he, he was totally against it. He thought it would be dangerous. He says we already limited government to this point. There's no need for it. Yeah. I'm so glad he didn't win his argument. Well, it, exactly. And do, you know what's really um, a, a misnomer is that our nation is not a democracy. No. When, when I speak at colleges, Tim, kids, I, I'll say, what do you know about American government? They'll say, we're a democracy. And I'll say, well, um, assuming that's true, which it really isn't, uh, what does that mean? And kids will say to me, well, we can do what we want. It doesn't mean that at all. In fact, in our, the Declaration of Independence, Constitution, Bill of Rights, the word democracy doesn't appear. It does not. Um, but we are a representative republic, a Judeo-Christian, moral, principled representative republic. But I, I want you to continue. Uh, I love this, Tim, a constitution crash course. Yeah. What's the reaction when people go through this information? How, how do they respond? I had one guy that had a poli-sci degree, a po political science degree. Sure. He says, it's amazing because I have not heard any of this in college about this. And it's just the simple structure of our government, the, yeah. their roles. Um, 
um, their limitations, what they can and cannot do. And, yeah. and, and people don't know that, they can do anything they want to do. You know, our, our founders um, envisioned a limited government. Um, James Madison, Thomas Jefferson, what do you think they would think of the state of the government in 2023? Oh, wow. They, I'm sure they rolled over in their graves quite a bit. But it's far from what it, used, it was an intent. It was supposed to be a very limited government, more state sovereignty, more state rule, more local government. And, you know, uh, federalism, and they hear fed, the term federalism, I think federal government, it's actually just a division of government from, if it can't be handled at the local level, let's, let's move it up to the county level and let's make it, if I can't do it at the county level, let's take it to the state level. If not, you go to the federal level. It's supposed to go up like this, but now we see the pyramid has shifted and it's all coming straight down. Yeah. You know, the colonists um, had been under a monarchy you know, one king. And the, the king of England, you know, De uh, Jefferson wrote in the declaration, uh, he used this word, quote, abuses and usurpations. Abuse and usurping our rights. The, the quartering act meant that a British soldier could kick the door open, come in, eat your food. You had no recourse, no say. The port act, uh, where they would block the harbors unless the ships paid a, a tariff. And there was a, a stamp act. Every, every object had a tax stamp on it. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I got a smile. Um, there was the Boston Tea Party, you know, and they threw the tea into the harbor. And um, there was the Edenton Tea Party in our home state of North Carolina. I did not know that. Uh, but it's funny, there's all these, you know, little incremental freedom is taken away, money is confiscated, but when they tax the tea, the column, it's like, it, that's it. It's we're, on. You know, we're, okay. we're, we're, we, they consider themselves part of a British colony, so tea was very important. Tea was sure. very important. But all of that to say this, um, we're living in a time where our tax money, we're, everybody is taxed at, you know, 30% plus. And um, we don't want an open border. We don't want 200,000 fentanyl deaths a year through drugs that come across the southern border. Um, all of the violence, lawlessness. Right now in Chicago, I got a memo because I do a lot of traveling. They said, uh, do not go through O'Hare Airport because it's a homeless encampment right now oh, in wow. Chicago. So um, in a way, Tim, um, do you think that America of 23 is somewhat analogous to the colonists of 1776. Um, you're robbing me, you're abusing me, I have no say in the matter, I'm a prisoner in my own country. I mean, I, I gotta feel like it's in many ways parallel. You see it festering, you see it developing, you see the, the tensions rising and, and, and COVID, to, to its credit, was a great revealer of all this. I think we all kind of had our heads in the sand for a long time. And, and now since COVID, um, I saw some things on um, Barna, you know, everybody, there was like 41% that were in favorable of socialism. But now after COVID, it's dropped down to 32%. So we've lost 8% of, of support for socialism well, because they saw Glory it. Glory to God. Yeah, they saw it. 
Yeah, I, I mean, the, the, the dark underbelly of a government, um, the, every now and then scholars use the word Machiavellian, which means total control. You know, uh, and I read this week, I shared it in my talk this morning at the Truth and Liberty Conference. Frankly, I was horrified. I, I remember last August of, of 22, China, uh, which has a, a rich history of abusing human rights, They've created an airborne COVID vaccine, sprayed out, and you breathe it, you inhale it. So the Biden administration, it was in the news this week, is talking to some researchers at Yale about how to uh, implement an airborne COVID vaccine here in America. I mean, spraying it just, you say, well, I have in good conscience, I didn't take the vaccine, doesn't matter. You, you, you like breathing? Is breathing working for you? Well, you'll just breathe it in the air. Yeah. I mean, this can't be. Talk about an abuse of human rights. And, and it's not been implemented, and I pray to the Lord it won't be. But we're, we're at a point in our nation where the rights of human beings, the rights of uh, naturalized, tax-paying citizens, actual Americans, the, those rights are out the window. Yeah, because we've got rid of individual rights. We've lumped everybody into groups and now we have collective rights. You, you see how they, with the identity, po identity politics uh, and group think, the, it, it's amazing they put people in these groups and they also get to identify the groups and they get to tell the groups what they're supposed to do and what they're not supposed to do. Like for instance, um, uh, Joe Biden says, uh, if you don't vote Democrat, you're not black. Yeah. So he's therefore identifying what you're supposed to do if you're in this identifiable group. Yeah. So. Uh, very racist. <laughs> you know, isn't this ironic that um, the very same woke world that is demanding you not only tolerate but embrace and even celebrate uh, lifestyles that you respectfully disagree with, but yet they hate you and me for the beliefs that we hold. Um, we're, we're to embrace their lifestyle. All they want to do is denigrate ours. Yeah, I think it comes uh, with the 60s. There's three people, if you understand socialism, there's three people you need to know. You need to know Karl Marx, you know, Marx, Mao, and Marcuse. Mm -hmm. Marcuse did a famous book in the 1960s called One Dimensional Man, but he also wrote an um, essay called Repressive Tolerance. And he defined tolerance at that time as toleration towards the left and no toleration towards the right. Mm. Because the right, in their mind, is on the wrong side of history. Right. They're the villain. So you should not show any toleration to their movement. But yet, regardless of, well, when you don't have any morals, you know, I guess that's where the left comes in, that you can tolerate anything that they do. So. Yeah. And, you know, talking about, um, you mentioned uh, Marx, Mao, and Mancuso. And by the way, folks, you know, we're throwing around a lot of names and ideas, but ideas have consequences. Abraham Lincoln said the philosophy in the classroom of one generation will be the the life in the public square of the next generation. Yeah. And, and somebody else that, I mean, this could be a whole show, Derek Bell, I believe it was at Harvard yeah. and critical race theory. Yeah. Was he the one that come up with uh, uh, racism is prejudice plus power? Uh, 
I'm not sure, but that, that sounds I, like I, it. I can explain. Um, it, what it says is that you're only racist and, and prejudiced if you have power. Right. But since white people control the most part of it and have the most power, black people therefore cannot be racist. Cannot be racist. So that's kind of that ideology that spun, I guess, in the 70s and 60s. So. And, and you know what? It was America about, based on morals. You know, what's interesting, I, I quoted Romans at the beginning. Romans 2, 14 and following says that Gentiles who didn't have the written law of God like the Jews had, uh, it shows that the law of God is written on their heart. And what's so unique about America is that for the first time in world history, it wasn't just a dynasty or a king, or it wasn't the, the, the ruler and the subjects. The founders of America said, we're going to build a nation where it's self-governance, mm -hmm. everybody equal, because, not because of their family lineage, but because they're a human. And we're going to govern ourselves by the law of God written on everybody's heart. Yeah. And that's why within, uh, let's see, 1803, within 16 years after the writing of the Constitution, within 14 years after the ratification of the Constitution, Jefferson, our third president, was taking pains to end slavery. Mm -hmm. And he said in 1803, we will not enter into any treaties with slave trading nations. Now, a lot of people, Tim, they'll say, well, you know, uh, July 4th, 1776, slavery existed. It did. And within 14 years after the writing of the Constitution, the wheels were turning by Republicans and ultimately the Emancipation Proclamation to um, free the slaves. But why? Because of our Judeo-Christian foundation. It, it was the Christians that took the lead on this thing. You can think about the, the Quakers in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, it, it, it was the Christian idea. We, when those words were written, all men are created equal, Martin Luther King said that was a promissory note to people that are far off. Amen. He said, yes, the black man and the white man. But something stirred in that moment. Something happened when those words were, they were being treated unequally by the British, right? Yeah. So therefore, they saw what inequalities looked like. And that, for some reason, stirred and it made, created a movement. Now, it's, you know, in our society, we want to, we want it to end it like, you know, you go up to a drive-thru, I said, I like to end slavery, and you go up and say, yeah, pull up to the second window. It's not like that. It's, it was unfortunately a 90-year process. But um, and and a very bloody yeah. process. But we're the only nation in the world that fought a war over it. Exactly. And um, and to me, when blood is spilled, I feel like that was the atonement for slavery. And yeah. But there was Do you one know the, party that kept. Oh, <laughs> the the, the, yeah. the Democrat South, the Jim Crow laws and the racism that existed up until 
recent years and in fact still does exist. Now, folks, we're going to continue this conversation and the number, I want you to call in. We want to talk with you. We want your questions. Tim and I would be happy to hear from you. Um, maybe you agree with what we're talking about. Maybe you don't agree, but we're, we're talking about God and country and all of our futures. So the number, if you want to participate in the conversation tonight on Truth and Liberty, the number is 719-619-2341. We'd be very honored to hear from you. Now, Tim, we've got a break. Before we pull away, what's your website again? It's uh, freedomfield.org. That's um, freedomfield.org. Lot to talk about. We're in the midst of the Truth and Liberty Conference fall of 2023. Folks, it's amazing. And after Truth and Liberty programming tonight, maybe you want to get online and you can hear David Barton, uh, Richard Harris, and see the great content that people are getting here at the Truth and Liberty Conference. This is Alex McFarland along with our very special guest, Timothy Robertson, a graduate of the School of Practical Government at Caris. The number? 719-619-2341. Give us a call. We'll be back after this very short break. Don't go away. At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we work to unify, educate, and mobilize the body of Christ to change nations. That's why I want to encourage you to go to our website at truthandliberty.net and subscribe so that you can begin receiving regular updates uh, about our show, news items, action alerts, blog posts, and much, much more. Uh, all you have to do is go to the website, click subscribe, share your email address, and you'll begin to be equipped to stand for truth in the public square. With practical government, you have experts in the fields that are sharing their perspective, wisdom, and experience. It's not available anywhere else in the world. We teach biblical worldview. We're going to teach a Christian heritage of our American government. They're gonna learn about the Founding Fathers. We're teaching the Constitution, how government operates, practical skills, and field study. There's no better place on earth to get equipped than Karis. You know, God's not done with us, He's not done with America, and He's not done with you. So many people come into practical government school and they're scared because it's the mountain of government. But you know what? They come out so strong and that is so amazing. No matter where you're coming from, the world needs you. Whatever God's calling you to do, you're able to do it. To learn more, visit practicalgovernmentschool.com. Welcome back to Truth and Liberty. Alex McFarland here along with our guest, uh, Tim Robertson. And the number is 719-619-2341. Talking about our country, and we do have callers. Um, there, there's a thing coming around. It seems like we have to learn so many acronyms nowadays, you know. But uh, DEI, and I was reading, Tim, where companies corporations are getting DEI scores and uh, they're wanting to make individuals have diversity, equity, inclusion scores. Now the movie industry is embracing that and it's, it's just more control. But um, what do you know, uh, do you speak to this at all, DEI, what is that? Yeah, I actually I come out also with a little socialism crash course. I hold, hold that up again. No, let me hold that up. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> there it is. Um, but it's the same four-hour uh, format, but I, I had the honor this week of teaching in practical government. We talked about socialism. It's called past and present. 
And we brought up the, the idea of this DEI. What, what is behind this diversity, equity, and inclusion? And, and, and it's a big business. It's, it's a billion dollar businesses. Oh, yeah. Um, University of California at Berkeley has 400 employees and $25 million budget. Okay. The University of Virginia has 96 employees and a multi-million dollar. And then um, there's one other one from my slides I can't remember, but it's, it's another $25 million project just in, just in the universities alone. But um, DEI stems from, there's, there's two things. There's equality and then there's equity. Um, people use those interchangeably, but technically they're not the same. Right. <laughs> Excuse me. Equality means access to the leftists, and equity means outcome. Oh, so wow. if we're not getting enough outcome, there must be something wrong with the access. So now we're going to elevate access for what they call alienated, marginalized individuals, and we're going to promote them to, to, to get the outcomes that we want. That's, that's the whole purpose of DEI. Yeah. Do you know in um, Greensburg, North Carolina, and I don't mean to be anecdotal and just share uh, self-referential things, but, you know, we hear the news we hear. So there's a not-so-great part of town that had two grocery stores and uh, a little general store. Well, both grocery stores ultimately went out of business uh, because there was theft, there were fights, there was a shootout right, right in the parking lot. And um, anyway, the activists were on the news saying, this is racism. How dare uh, a grocer close the store? And the, the company said, well, look, we've lost money. We've lost lives. Nobody will work there because it simply is not safe. And they, they documented this part of town got so dangerous. Why? Because of the breakdown of the family. Drugs, uh, fatherlessness, an exploding illegitimacy rate, gangs. And so people say there's not, there's not equality. There should be access to the grocery store. Yeah, that, that would be nice. But um, corporations don't have any obligation to go where they're losing millions of dollars and their workers simply aren't safe because it's lawless. Absolutely. I, I, I don't... None of us would, would blame the grocer from pulling out of that area. Yeah, just like companies are leaving San Francisco as fast as they can go. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, it, we see a lot of poverty. I've always said that poverty stems from the lack of, the, 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 they're the farthest away from the, re, from the free market. And inside those uh, type cities, the free market is non-existent. It's um, mainly government uh, ran, government controlled, um, um, areas and they're really not I, I don't know where to go with this but um, you may want to go farther with it but <laughs> it doesn't make sense in high crime areas when you have that type of equality yeah. and everybody's equally poor and equally uh, way, in danger <laughs> the, the only way to get up is to take steal rob and manipulate somebody at the same level. You, you know what, and we're gonna go to the calls, but, you, but you're right. L let me say, folks, um, we, as a conservative constitutionalist, we don't want anybody hungry. Of course we want food on the table. Of course we want access to 
grocery stores and utilities for everybody. But the way to get there is not communism and the, the iron fist of government artificially making everybody poor. See, here's the thing, like um, Margaret Thatcher, who is prime minister of Great Britain, uh, she said this, that for the socialist, the, uh, some have it good, some have it hard. The socialist says, here's what we'll do. Everybody's going to have it hard. Yeah. Um, Winston Churchill said that the, the vice of capitalism is the unshared uh, blessings. But he also said the virtue of socialism is the equal uh, misery. So yeah. you get to share equally the miseries, but even though you can't share in all the blessings that capitalism brings, um, yeah. know, but well. Well, the, the answer, folks, and that's why you need to think about uh, the persons for whom you vote, uh, the way you influence others. I've got an article, Tim, from Psychology Today, not a Christian magazine by any stretch. Um, I, I doubt the editors of Psychology Today are watching Truth and Liberty tonight. I hope they are, but uh, that would surprise me. But they, they had an article about dealing with, they call it human thriving. Uh, in other words, people are healthy, they're emotionally stable, they find <coughs> a job, they become self-supporting, they, as they say, launch. And surprise, surprise, guess what's the best pathway to human thriving? Uh, a moral culture where people do right. Uh, there are solid families, a mother and a father. Children grow up under the same roof with their biological mom and dad. Children have stability. Children uh, are loved and they are taught a work ethic. And they're describing what would be a good society where humans thrive. And I said, uh, hey, I'm on board with that. You're talking about what we once called a Judeo-Christian America. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. He, uh, we've said it many times that religion and morality are indispensable supports. That's what George Washington said in his farewell address. And, and those, without those pillars, um, you know, John Adams would come in and says, without religion and morality, our Constitution is, uh, you know, inadequate, yeah. inadequate of, of any other. So, yeah. Amen. Well, this is great, folks. What a robust conversation. We're going to go to the phones and uh, we're going to begin in Arizona. But, folks, that number is 719-619-2341. We'd be very honored to hear from you tonight. We begin with Robert. And, uh, Robert, I want to say thank you for being a subscriber to truthandliberty.net. And everybody can subscribe. I've, by the way, I've got three articles I've written that I'm sending to Richard to post. But uh, Robert, thank you for being a, a, a Keras Practical Government grad, and welcome to the program tonight. I appreciate that, Alex, and it's great to talk to you today. And your your uh, 50 minutes this morning in the Truth and Liberty Conference was just you rocked it. It was oh, great. It did. To God be the glory. Well, you're, you're so kind, and I appreciate you having watched that, uh, brother. And, hey, i got to ask you, Robert, did you, did you also hear uh, after me was a wonderful uh, young pastor and thinker named um, uh, Lucas Miles. Did you hear him? I did. I did hear uh, quite a bit of his, yes. It, it, he was awesome as well. And uh, 
So, folks, this is great content. But, um, Robert, uh, what's, your, what's your question tonight? Okay. Hello, Tim. This is for hey. you, too. Okay. Um, so, w my personal opinion is Trump, Donald J. Trump, is the person to turn this around. Now, he's being indicted. They're trying to take his name off the ballot. And the good Lord only knows what kind of moves they have next is this man going to be on the ballot is he going are we going to be able to vote for this man in 2024 mm, that is a great great question uh do you have any thoughts on this tim they're doing everything they can to make sure he's not on the ballot and i can i can at least say that and um This guy seems to be bulletproof, doesn't it? I really think that, let, let me just say this, Robert. During the 2015 candidacy and then 26 campaign, um, you know, things came out and he did appear to be bulletproof. And at this point, he, Donald Trump has survived so many ad hominem attacks and just this relentless barrage of criticism. I, 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 I say this, I think he's supernaturally protected almost. It's, it's almost like, and I'm not talking about where his relationship is with Jesus. I do, um, Dr. James Dobson and Dr. Robert Jeffers, both of whom I know, have prayed the sinner's prayer with Donald Trump. Um, where he is spiritually, that's another story. But um, I am beginning to believe that um, you know, he's, he's just not gone away. I think most of us would have just licked our wounds and disappeared. And I'm wondering if there's a supernatural protection on him that he will survive all of these trumped up indictments. There's a possibility he he seems to be like like water on a duck's back. You know, you you've impeached the guy twice. You've uh, charged him with Russian collusion. You've how many bogus um, indictments have we gone through? So I, I still see him in the play. I I, I think if um, he is by far the front runner. It seems like for the Republican by Party. a long margin. by a long shot. And if you take away Donald Trump out of the thing, you might be putting some nails in the coffin of the Republican Party. That's just a thought. I'm just... Well, and, and let me say this too, Robert. Um, here's why the left is so vehemently firing every dart they've got at Donald Trump. You know, it's funny, on The View, Joy Behar uh, mocks and, and, I mean, whether it be, um, uh, you know, uh, Baldwin, the actor, um, uh, not Stephen Baldwin, but his brother, um, I forget his name. But look, uh, Ellen, the Baldwins, The View, Joy Behar, uh, Colbert, Jimmy Fallon, uh, Hillary Clinton herself, they mock, oh, he, he's just this buffoon. They just try to demean him, but yet they're scared to death of him. And I'm gonna tell you why. Um, say what you will. Amy Coney Barrett, Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, those three pro-life justices were put on the Supreme Court. They're natural law constitutionalists.
and Roe versus Wade was overturned because of those Trump SCOTUS appointees. The American embassy is in Jerusalem, not Tel Aviv, because of the courage of Donald Trump. The economy was thriving. We were, uh, the housing market exploded during the Trump administration. National security, the economy, uh, morale, patriotism, every matrix, historic employment numbers for minorities. Uh, uh, black America thrived under Donald Trump. Black America and all of America is suffering under Bidenomics. So here's the thing. On the one hand, they want to be dismissive and say, oh, what a buffoon. Uh, but yet they are so intimidated by the, the perhaps one man that can stop us from becoming a socialist ultimately communist country, that they're weaponizing the DOJ to try to bring him down. And, and look, I'm not blind. I'm not, I'm not some blind, uh, uncritical Trump supporter. But folks, we're in a spiritual battle. And I'm just going to say this, and then we're going to go to Linda in South Carolina. The reason the left and the reason that Satan hates America it is because for 247 years, the prime driver of Christ's Great Commission, the prime funder of the gospel and benevolent work around the world, as Reagan said, that city on a hill, that engine of benevolence, goodness, and truth has been the USA. And that's why I think we're in the crosshairs of Satan's artillery, because we're in a battle, not perfect, but uh, still, I think the greatest country on planet Earth. Absolutely. Absolutely. Amen. Uh, Robert, God bless you. Thank you for being a part of the Truth and Liberty family. Uh, Linda in South Carolina. Linda, thanks for holding. Welcome to Truth and Liberty. Thank you for having me. I have sure enjoyed listening to you North Carolinian boys from this <laughs> well, Carolinian yeah. girl living yeah. in South Carolina. Yeah, we, we call that the Lord's English. <laughs> Amen. Tim, you know me by way of Wahlberg and Midway. Oh, how is that? <laughs> is this Linda Kiger? Is this Miss Kiger? Oh, wow. Oh, my goodness. It's a small, small world. Now, was <laughs> Linda, you were a highly regarded teacher for a number of years. Were you one of Linda Kiger's students? Uh, yes. Well, it's family it's smaller and smaller. It's family reunion night on Truth and Liberty. <laughs> oh my goodness! So, Linda, I've got to ask you, what kind of student was Tim Robertson? Well, if he was in my class, he was stellar. Now, oh, his yeah. opinion might be different, but for me, he was stellar. Oh, I, I come out learned up. That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> Linda, how long were you in the classroom teaching? I taught um, high school English for 23 years, and then I was a school librarian for 10. So I had 33 years total. Wow. I, I know you've got a question, but um, I've got a question for you. How, do you think public education has changed in recent years? If so, how? Tremendously. I was honored um, in the early 2000s to be able to teach a course in public high school in North Carolina called The Bible is Literature. And what an honor it was, and I was never um, accused of doing anything other than educational. But as you know, all literature has to have a point and a purpose, and the main theme and idea 
of the writers. So I was able to get it through a lot of ideas legally. <laughs> wow. And um, that was good. But the changed so drastically. Um, teachers' hands are tied. Administrators' hands are tied. And I just, my heart goes out for the teachers and those in public education especially because there is so much that they um, are forbidden to do. And yeah. some of the teachers that I know, former students, and Tim knows a lot of them as well, they are doing things that um, allow them to keep their jobs but it's not exactly what administration and superintendents want them to do. They're still trying. I know the school that I taught in and that Tim attended, graduated from, I know a lot of those teachers. They are also former students, and they are good Christian teachers. And I know that they still, as much as they can, are standing for truth and for God. And I right. applaud them. Yes. And I and. You know, uh, and my mother was a public school teacher for 28 years, and uh, my sister taught high school uh, science. My sister-in-law is a teacher still. Uh, teachers minister. I mean, they really do. It, it is pouring your life into the good teachers. They truly do invest themselves in their students, don't they, Linda? They do, and I always said if they were a student of mine, they were my children, they're my kids. And um, it's just, it was an honor and a privilege. God always gave me opportunities, and I tried to take them when they, the door was opened. And I just give him the glory for the opportunities that I did have with my students and my kids. And I still keep up with a lot of them today, and I'm just thankful for the Lord allowing me to do that. Well, uh, do you have, well, thank you, Linda, for your, your ministry and your teaching. And I know you're a regular listener of Truth and Liberty, and we are deeply grateful. Do you, do you have a question for Tim Robertson? <laughs> <laughs> well, now that we've gotten over old home week, um, uh, yeah, yeah. Tim, what is the easiest way that I can share with some of my friends and fellow church members I guess a condensed version of the Constitution, something that's very simple and basic for them to understand and see why it is so important that we share this with our children and grandchildren. Uh, yeah, Miss. Well, that's why I started the Constitutional Crash Course, like I, I was just mentioning, is because I, I put it to four hours. Um, you know, like I said, you really, if you really want to go in deep and get a real good knowledge of it, get. Rick Green's uh, biblical world uh, citizenship, but but you know there's a lot of constitutional crash courses out there. Um, I feel like mine does the basics. You know, you need to know why we separated from from Britain, how a bill is passed, how it's amended, uh, and, and it's really not that complicated. And there's there's teachers around uh, that you can drum up, but. Um, there's some stuff to look out for. I really wish I knew more than Rick Green to give you, but outside of mine, I, I really don't know. Well, you know what, let me say this. Um, traveling and preaching in 2,200 churches over the last 30 years, um, a lot of times in a church vestibule, I would get, there'll be a copy of the church bylaws or church constitution. Most churches have bylaws or a constitution, and I would read those. I've collected dozens and read them. It's very interesting how many churches are 
governed almost like the U.S. Constitution, that there's accountability. Just as um, a pastor can't unilaterally just make decisions, or at least he shouldn't, the president can't either. There, there's the, the legislative and the judicial and the executive branch. This comes straight out of Isaiah, that, that uh, Jesus is our prophet, priest, and king. The, the threefold nature of God and ministry of our Messiah, well, there are three branches of government. And I, Linda, to your question, I do think people need to understand our Constitution. And, and I realize, believe it or not, um, our government is a Presbyterian form of government, actually, because Presbyterian churches have elders that represent constituents. Well, we have senators and congressmen that represent their constituents, or at least they should. And, and I just think it's a beautiful thing how not only in our philosophy it was biblical, but even the Word of God influenced our structure and operationally. Am I right, Sam? Absolutely. I mean, um, we, we understood that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the heart is deceitful among all things, that men in, them, in their own nature is corrupt and, and self-centered. And so we, we, we built a government, as Madison said, we, we wanted to counter ambition when ambition. Um, the old ambition is not what, when we call somebody ambitious, Today that seems to be a plus, but it's not really a plus. Back then it was somebody who was self-seeking. Scheming. So, scheming. And, and we're going to take these powers. It's, it's kind of like driving a car. You're going to give somebody the wheel, you're going to give somebody the brake, and you're going to give somebody the gas. Mm -hmm. And in order for that thing to do, they're going to have to work together. Amen. And that's how the three uh, um, branches of government are supposed to work. Uh, because if, the, if one branch has the wheel, the gas, and the brakes, it can go where it wants to. In other that's words, that. we're just about to crash. <laughs> just about to crash, that's right. That's yeah, well, uh, and, and that's why, folks, it is imperative to vote. And, and you know, um, Benjamin Franklin said this, everybody loves the fruits of liberty, but few are willing to tend the tree that bears the fruits. Now, Liberty, stability, prosperity, yay, I like that. But it means that I'm going to have to get up and wait in line on a rainy morning in November to go vote. Maybe I'm going to have to volunteer at the election board and be a, a watcher so there's not any hanky-panky as there was rampant in 2020. Maybe I'm going to have to at my church. How about this, folks? At your church, teach a, a Constitution course. Bring in Tim Robertson. Uh, look, I've heard him in our speech classes. He's phenomenal. He's great. Fly him to your town and have him teach and start. Uh, we've got a lot going on. I don't want to digress and get off on what Truth For New Generation is doing. But folks, this thing called the preservation of America, it's time to roll up our sleeves and let's, let's have at it. Am I right? Absolutely. And we, we have to educate people on the truth of 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 how this thing is supposed to be set up. You know, when it comes to woke, it's, we, we talk about this all the time. It's getting the truth out. We're, we are not just supposed to uh, expose darkness. We're supposed to expel it. Okay. It says in Ephesians. Wow. We're supposed to counter it with the truth. And, and, and people don't understand the power of a truth. I mean, think about it. The world will never be flat again. 
because the truth is the truth. Yeah, yeah. And um, smoking will never be good for you again, because the truth is out there. Yeah. And, and, and it's only because that truth was put out there. Had nobody ever said how the earth was round, nobody would ever know. Right. You know? And, and how did you come to Jesus? Somebody said something. Someone yeah. educated you on the fact that this, there's this man named Jesus that died for your sins, and someone set, spoke that to you. So we got to actually not just think about it, we need to talk about it and Amen. get it out there and so forth. But go ahead. Amen. Well, Linda, thank you so much. Uh, and we're going to go to North Carolina, our home state, Tyler in North Carolina. Tyler, thanks for holding, and welcome to tonight's edition of Truth and Liberty. Yes, sir. Thanks so much for having me on. I appreciate it. Yes. Are you at all familiar with our guest, Tim Robertson? Yes. Yes, sir. He is my dad. Yeah. <laughs> Sir, I know. Well, this amen. this guy here is actually the anointed one. Uh, he's a uh, he's actually getting ordained the 29th of of, of the 20, uh, of October. Really, he's an associate pastor at Fellowship uh, uh, Baptist in Durham. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm right on this, and <laughs> and he's he's wrote a book called Reckless, and he's he is. I, I don't want to get talking about. Him. I'm liable, I'm liable to get teared up, but I'm super proud of him. Amen. Well, Tyler, uh, God bless you. Thank you for serving our Lord and being in the ministry as you are. And uh, I'm telling you, I, I hope you can see the video because your, your father is just beaming with joy over you, Tyler. And uh, thanks for calling in. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, and I appreciate what you guys do. It's so cool to see, obviously, this journey for dad and freedom filled and getting his website all set up and all of those things together and helping him with that. It's been really cool just in the last couple of years and what Karis has done for him. Um, you know, it's just super cool. He's, he's so proud of me, you know, he says, because I've blossomed, you know, and I'm, I've been in ministry now here in, in Durham for three years as an assistant pastor, but mm -hmm. I can reciprocate that and I can look back at, and I look at him and I think, you know, God is, God has worked in his heart and in his life in the way that and the things that he's teaching and his desire to continue just to learn and how much yeah. he reads and studies. And um, it's just been really, really cool to see, you know, how he's gotten connected with guys like you and um, wow. the calls that he's standing for. Hey, Tyler, uh, do me a favor. Hold that thought if you would. Hang on. We've got a brief break. So hang on. I, I want to get to your question. Donna in Texas, stay with us. Frank in Missouri and all the others, the number. We're going to come back. We've got a very brief break. So stay with us, everybody. But it's 719-619-2341. Call in on this edition of Truth and Liberty. We're back after this. You were created with a purpose written in the heart of God. Long before you were born, He is calling you to find it. We want to help you experience His unconditional love to be equipped and empowered to become a world changer. This is a godly nation. It was founded upon godly principles. God is calling us to rebuild His house so that He can manifest His glory in the midst of a corrupt and pagan world. 
I would argue that America has been more prosperous, more successful than any other nation because we've done more in reading and applying the Bible. It is the history for Christians to speak out and to make a difference in this nation. Have you been praying about how to make your business your mission field? GospelTruth.tv Business features leadership and financial stewardship training from industry experts. Learn the next steps to building wealth and using it to grow God's kingdom. Tune in Saturdays to GospelTruth.tv Business and watch anytime with GospelTruth.tv Premium. Visit GospelTruth.tv today for biblical teaching you can trust. Hey, welcome back to Truth and Liberty. Alex McFarland here, so glad that you're with us. By the way, uh, we're going to resume with Tyler in just a moment, but maybe tonight in all of this talk, uh, you want to pray. And we have a prayer line, and somebody can pray with you. Now, maybe you need to know what it means to be a Christian, and you're wondering, am, am I really saved? Am I really born again? Then somebody will pray with you, and that number is 719 Three five eleven eleven. Maybe you just want to pray for America. Hey, call us up and pray for this country. Maybe you've got a need that you want to bring before the Lord, or maybe you've got just an issue. And listen, from God's Word, with an open Bible, uh, the, the friendly voice on the other end of the line will tell you God's Word for your situation. The number for prayer, if you need ministry tonight, 719-635-1111. Then also, I do I want to remind everybody, uh, the Truth and Liberty Conference is going great. Oh, it's amazing. You can watch David Barton tonight on truthandliberty.net. It's also on some streaming platforms like Rumble. But uh, the best place to start probably for all things Truth and Liberty is just go to truthandliberty.net. There is something coming up. It's just wonderful. The 9-11 Memorial Tribute, I saw it last year, and it's, it's wonderful, and it's very moving. Elizabeth Murin and the Drama Department at Karis, uh, it's, it's world class. I mean, it, it will equal anything you'd see on Broadway. And the 9-11 Memorial Tribute is September 11, 6 p.m. It's at Karis Bible College. You can register at AWMI. Net, as in Andrew Womack Ministries International. But have you been to some of the musicals or some of the plays? They are phenomenal. And yes. I paid good money to go to the ones that are a lot worse. That's yeah. for sure. And I'm excited about tomorrow. Tomorrow yes. at 8.35, they've got a new one they've done. They've called Overturned, I think yes. is the name of it. And it's about the overturning of Roe versus Wade. Yeah. And I, I, I'm in friends with a few of the actors, and they say they, it's hard for them to get through it. They say, bring some tissues, get up early, be here at 8 o'clock because at 8.35, and it's going to go for about an hour, and it's going to be absolutely phenomenal. I'm, I'm, I'm so impressed with what Elizabeth does over there. Uh, exactly. And, hey, at some point, you've got to come to Woodland Park and visit this place. Now, I tell prospective students, and I tell parents, and I'm not kidding. Visit this campus one time and you'll be sold. And uh, there are Christmas, the Christmas play every year is phenomenal. The Easter 
play celebrating the resurrection of Christ. And then at the 4th of July, there's, you know, a, a God and country pageant. I was there to witness it just, you know, two months ago. And it's, it's unbelievable. And of course, in the third year programs and callers, hang on, we're going to get to you. But uh, Tim was in the School of Practical Government. There's um, the business school. There's ministry and missions and church pastoring. And then there's uh, the computing and video and audiovisual. And then there's the performance arts like under Elizabeth Murin that we're talking about. And more and more, I've got the privilege of teaching biblical worldview and apologetics. Folks, it, what, you might be preparing for vocation a life of ministry, or, or going into some business, or running for office, the government school, or it, maybe it's just for personal enrichment. But Tim, I'm going to tell you, Angie and I, we'd been saved 30 years, and we begin to, you know, in, be involved and learn and read Andrew's daily devotional, and uh, it's changed our life. And I've, we, are, we were already plugged in eight or nine years ago. Karis Bible College, what God is doing on this mountain, it gives me hope for the future of America and the world. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I've, even some of my classmates, like, you know, we, we had Lance Williams speak last night. Oh, okay. He's working for TPUSA Faith, and, and, and you see people running for school boards. Working with Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk, yeah. And, and so they are raising up, I, I, I don't know, specialists in that, in that field. If you're going to go out and start a ministry, they will, they will get you equipped to do so. Yeah. And, and if you want to run for office, they're going to show you how to run for office, how to canvass your votes. They're going to, they're going to show you how to um, know your voters and, and how to... It, it's amazing. Rep, it's amazing, yeah. It really is. And I'm going to say this. We're going to go back to the call. Folks, how about investing? Now, Truth and Liberty needs supporters because all of this cameras and a world-class crew and streaming out to 50 U.S. states and the Western Hemisphere and the world. Do you know, um, I was talking to Richard Harris and only the Lord knows how many people are watching, but I mean, the potential audience is like, uh, you know, almost a third of the human race can see this content. Why don't you go to truthandliberty.net and become a, a financial supporter and your gift of at least $5 a month or more, the best gift you can give, you'll become a Truth and Liberty partner. And folks, do you know the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, it says that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. And so would you, number one, pray for us, but give and support and together let's do this. Let's stand for truth. We've got to be more committed to that which is true than the world is committed to that which is false. And so your financial support in truth and liberty will be gratefully received, faithfully and fruitfully handled, I assure you, and we thank you, truthandliberty.net slash donate. Uh, let's go back to Tyler. Now, Tyler, we had a break, but you had a question. Uh, so, um, the son can stump the dad. What's your question, Tyler? This is really a question for both of you. Um, I'd love to get both of your perspective on it. Like I said, I'm a young pastor um, in a very, very liberal part of North Carolina. Um, so my question for both of you would be, how does a young pastor motivate his congregation to be involved politically? Because, um, you know, a lot there's a lot of conversation, especially in latter years, of, of should we talk politics in the pulpit, all of that. But how does a young pastor really come in 
to a church and motivate people towards, yes, being educated about the Constitution and about our founding fathers and, and all of that, but also getting them uh, hands-on experience and trying to turn, obviously, the gospel first, but trying to turn uh, the political landscape of right where they are. Well, it's a good question. L let me, uh, I'm going to throw it to Tim in a moment, but first of all, Tyler, thank you. Uh, it encourages me as a young minister that you would want to inspire parishioners to get politically in engaged. And I know you're in Durham, you're right there at Duke University. You're on the doorstep of UNC Chapel Hill. So you are in a liberal part of the country. I've spoken at both of those places. But here's one statistic. Um, you mentioned George Barna, the, the Barna Research Group, very respected. I know George Barna, I've interviewed him, brilliant. All right, a couple of years ago, they did surveys, random samples, a representative sample, I should say. All right, 80% of parishioners want their clergy to speak about moral, social, political issues from a biblical perspective. What does thus saith the Lord? And yet, uh, at best, 12% of pastors do, and it's usually more like 7 or 8%. So one thing I would say to pastors of any age, I would say, look, your flock, young people, middle age, older people, your parishioners, in spite of all the drift and the, you know, our country is not what it was, but people go to church and they look to that pulpit to hear what thus saith the Lord. And the statistics say the parishioners want to hear their pastor lead out about moral, social, political issues. Uh, but what do you say, Tim? You said that the pastors uh, um, were at the forefront. It, it, it got me thinking about the, our forefathers and uh, the president and the leaders of our country would go to church to hear what the pastor had to say to get instructions on what to do to guide our country. So that was the important role of, of, of and you know, David Barton's better at this, but he, you know, John Adams talked about how the pulpits thundered and, and they were the, the forerunners of, of our revolution. You know, you talk about the Muhlenberg brothers and yeah, all, you know. That, that's uh, why yeah. the British at Lexington fired on parishioners leaving a sanctuary, yeah. the shot heard around the world and the American Revolution was begun. Why the churches? In, in North Carolina, come to Greensboro, unless you and I go to Buffalo Presbyterian Church, okay. 270-something years old. Uh, they say the pastor, uh, David Caldwell, read the declaration on the front steps, and um, women fainted because they knew it meant we were at war. The British commandeered the sanctuary, fired muskets out the window, they said at one time. But here's the thing, the pastors were so proactive at conscripting men to join the Continental Army, that's why the Brits fired on the churches. Yeah. Now, the, the churches nowadays are ne nearly irrelevant, I'm sorry to say. Yeah, yeah. But um, uh, pastors need to get involved. The one other thing I would say, Tyler, and this is a very good question, um, young pastors, and, and I've been there. I was a young youth pastor. I was a young senior pastor. Now I'm uh, not as young as I once was minister. A lot of times young pastors, they're, they're very idealistic and they'll say, well, you know what? My job is to 
create disciples, not Americans. God didn't call me to make Americans. God called me to make disciples. Yeah, that sounds good. But uh, if you lose the freedom to make disciples, you're not going to fulfill the Great Commission. That's it. You know, uh, we're, we're going to try to get everybody in. Donna in Texas. Donna, you're a Truth and Liberty partner, an AWM partner, and we sincerely thank you. Welcome to tonight's program. Thank you. Thank you. Um, this goes back to when you guys were talking about The View and, um, you know, the woman on The View. And it made me think these people that put down Trump, the wealthy people that put down Trump, don't they realize that if we become socialist, it's going to affect them? I mean, it's, I mean, they're not going to be able to keep all their money, are they? Well, you, you know, just like in capitalism, a rising tide lifts all boats, um, has been said. And uh, in socialism, ultimately, yes, a a lowering standard eventually touches everybody. That, that's a pathology I've never been able to understand, Tim. Why, if, if you're a wealthy, successful person, why would you want to um, implement things that will cause you to be poorer and unsuccessful? Well, they, they've set up a different system now. Um, you know, I just got back from Nicaragua. And Nicaragua, you know, is a very much socialist nation and, and it's poverty and, and this real nice car goes by and, um, and, and all of a sudden the people, uh, the, the people that lived in Nicaragua saw they, they were the government. See, in socialism, the rich become powerful. I mean, in, in capitalism, the rich become powerful, but in Socialism, the powerful become rich. So you be, your wealth is the closest to government. So that's just why they're coming out with public-private partnerships, ESG, where the government is getting involved, and, and you see this co cohesion with big businesses and government. Say that again. That, that, is, that is powerful. In, in capitalism, the, the, the wealthy become powerful, yeah. but in socialism, the powerful, like those in government, become rich. Off the backs Off of the, backs. the, the poor working multitudes. Absolutely. Wow. So um, it really is uh, a self-destructive pathology. Do you know, Donna, I've got a book that I wrote called Assault on America, How to Defend Our Nation Before It's Too Late. What a lot of people don't realize is that, by, and I document this in my book, it's on Amazon, it's at Barnes & Noble, my, my brand new book, 100 Bible Questions and Answers for Families, is at Sam's Club. Uh, I give God the glory for that. But I document in my book, The Assault on America, by 1900, Socialism had been tried 80 times in places like New Harmony, Indiana, and Zion, Illinois, and down near Fayetteville, North Carolina. There had been these socialist commune, uh, communes, and at best, at best, people got angry. They were tired of being broke and poor and indigent. And then in a few places, there were uh, riots and homicides. But here's my point. Um, if, if you flip a coin 80 times and it's always tails, why do you think on the 81st time it's going to be heads? See, th and this is the 
delusion. I've, I've debated this with co college students on campuses all around America. They'll say, we know that in Mao's China, people died and starved. We know that in Cuba, people were poor and starving. We know in North Korea, it's a standard of living that we don't even know about because we're not allowed in. It's the closed kingdom. We know socialism has never worked. In the USSR, uh, it was horrid, but we'll be the exception. That, that, that's just, that's not even rational thinking. Well, well you, you hear the comments that they say, we'll, what we want is the Scandinavian model. What we want is Denmark. And what Denmark is, and, and by their own prime minister's uh, uh, admission, he says, we are not a socialist nation. We are a market economy. But they do have very expensive uh, welfare programs. Uh, for instance, uh, the average person making around $60,000 is going to pay about 56.2% uh, in taxes, including a 25% tax, a VAT tax on everything you buy. It, it, think about this. Everybody has to pay that tax. The poor have to pay the tax. The middle class have to pay that VAT tax. So it, it, it's not as progressive or like we have here in America. As, as you and, think. And, and you throw in about 180% tax on um on a car, you think a thirty thousand dollar car cost you, you know, a good seventy, eighty grand? You know, try to sell that to, to today's youth. But that's what they're trying to sell. And, and woke Democrats, <laughs> if you like Denmark, go there. Yeah. And another thing about Denmark is they um, they have the lowest corporate tax rates. It's one of the freest places you can uh, open up a business. They got one of the freest markets out there, and. Um, <laughs> I just, now, now why, so the taxation is so heavily on persons, but not business. Yeah. Really? Yeah. 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 So it's a, a very much a free market, and they rely on that free market to pay for those government programs. Another thing you want to tell them is there's no such thing as a minimum wage. They don't have a minimum wage in Denmark. Really? And also, um, you know, um, I'm going blank here, but... Uh, they, uh, if you are, if you're on welfare or on the programs and you're not working, you have to work. You, you well, there's, there's no not working. So, you know, there's there's no free lunch. Yeah. I mean, I mean, every cause has an effect. Yeah. Now, here in America, um, the bad news is, if you don't get up and work, there will not be food on your table. But the good news is, you have the freedom to work hard. Work hard, live right, say your prayers, live within your means, engage in what we call deferred gratification. Don't buy it till you can afford it. Don't go in debt. And if you are in debt, pray, work, tithe, let God help you get out of debt. But America, um, there's no guarantee who's going to put food on your table, but you can look in the mirror and know that with God's help, you put food on your table. There's something very meaningful about that. And I come from, uh, we, were, we were poor farmers. We didn't know we were poor, yeah. but we were poor, I assure you. But yet God, God will bless. And folks, we don't want to be a socialist because let me just say about Denmark and Sweden, uh, if you look at European countries, it's a slippery slope. Yeah. Government control breeds more government control. Loss of freedom results in more loss of freedom. When, when a government has that much power, what they do is they attract people with an appetite and a hunger for power. 
Yeah. And and that's why you see, well, how do these people like Mao and, and Stalin and, and Lenin and all these dictators come to power? It's because they, the, the government was concentrated enough to where one man could dictate down. So. Yeah, well, I'm gonna, I've got a, an illustration here in a moment, but uh, we're gonna go to Missouri. Uh, Frank in Missouri. Frank, thank you for holding and welcome to Truth and Liberty. Thank you. Uh, I've been listening. You guys are awesome. And I like the the young man in the, the, the brother's son there in North Carolina that he kept on saying it's cool, super cool. Cool is a Hebrew word, ruach. <laughs> so we, we got the wind, the breath, and the spirit going here. Anyways, I have a simple question about uh, the Constitution. And uh, 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 you know, I, I, I don't know how to ask a simple question. It, it, it's, uh, you know, how young do you think uh, 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 the, the 28 principles of the Constitution, uh, how young do you think that a person or kids ought to get started learning those those 28 principles? And, and by the way, I'd like you to comment, uh, Alec and brother, on, on uh, Isaiah 3322. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let me look that up. But, Tim, I want to give you a, and I know that verse. Um, how young how young can somebody be to learn about the Constitution? Well, they actually have more and more conservatives are putting out these kids' books. Uh, I, I, the one that comes to mind is the Tuttle Twins. Have you heard of those? I have. It's the Tuttle and, Twins. And who is that? And they, they even go through books like Road to Serfdom and, and all this other stuff. But they'll show you the Founding Fathers in, in a very young age. And they need to know who the first president was and, and why we're independent and the, all the things that make this country absolutely exceptional. I've got a quote here, and it's my favorite quote of America. I don't see if Alex can recognize who it is. Okay. America, it says, it's economically resilient, stubbornly optimistic, miraculously birthed, divinely blessed, statistically, sorry that word, exceptional America. Mm, would that have been maybe, wow, I said that. Okay. Yes, you said that. Is that in my book? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. And one I, of your, actually, it was, a, it was a Facebook thing that you had put out. I thought that was, I used that. Yes. I think that is absolutely br brilliant. Um, economically resilient, stubbornly optimistic, miraculously birthed, divinely blessed. I remember writing statistically, that. Hey, I'm struggling with that word, but exceptional. Well, it really is. And, and I wrote a book, folks, 10 Issues That Divide Christians, 10 Issues That Divide Christians. Frank, part of the reason that I kind of got into this world was because, you know, I love the 4th of July. I love to honor the veterans. My dad was a veteran. My grandfather was a veteran. Uh, hey, man, I, the national anthem at the ball game, I get a little lump in my throat when I think about the Battle of Fort McHenry and Francis Scott Key, the sun rose and people were jubilant. Praise God, our flag is still there. I mean, th there was a man named Sir Walter Scott and he wrote a poem and you, everybody ought to Google it. He said, breathes there a man so dead that he is never within himself said, this is my own, my native land. And, and I encourage you to read that. Yeah, in the sovereignty of God, I was born in America. America's not heaven. Heaven is heaven. 
America's not my God, Jesus is my God, but this is the land God put me in. And just like Adam and Eve had the dominion mandate in Genesis to care for the garden, well, we've got a garden God's put us in, and we're supposed to steward it and care for it, aren't we, Tim? We are. We're, um, I'm excited. Richard let me in a little bit on his speech. He talks about Gideon, and why they won is because he said that everyone was in their place. And you've got to find your place. Um, when you go here to, like, say, practical government, mm -hmm. uh, for instance, you've got to go back home. I had to go home and find my place. And the Lord showed me this a long time ago, and we don't have a lot of minutes, but I, I call it the noun principle. I know, you know what a noun is, person, place, everything. And if the person and the place and the thing are in alignment, God's will is happening. Mm. So if you take, you could be the wrong person in the right place doing the wrong thing, or, or vice versa. You see what I'm saying? But, that, but you, everyone has to find their place. Yeah. yeah. Amen. And, and Frank, you there in Missouri, uh, boy, Missouri has produced a lot of great American leaders. Um, you've got a place. Everybody listening, you have a role to play. If, um, in Esther 4.14, Mordecai told Esther, if you remain silent at this time, deliverance in the Jews will come from another place, but you and your father's house will be destroyed. But who knows? As, as Haman is trying to kill off the Jews and King Ahasuerus is not clued in yet, Mordecai says to Esther, maybe you've come to the kingdom for just such a time as this. And uh, viewers, this is your time. This is your time to know Jesus, to grow in Jesus. This is your time, wherever you are, to influence people for truth, to influence people to vote godly. And Truth and Liberty is here to do that. Articles we post, all of this broadcasting five nights a week. And look, together, uh, we are here for such a time as this. You are. What a, what a joy to know that we're here and we're doing things for God and country that really have eternal implications. Frank, bless you. Thank you for being a viewer. We're going to go to Ohio. Christine in Ohio, thank you for holding. Welcome to Truth and Liberty. Hey, Christine. Hello, hello, Christine. Do we have Christine? This is Christine from Oh, yes. There we are. There, there you are. Thank you, sister. Uh, welcome to the program. What, what do you have for us? Okay, I just, I just have a question. Um, first of all, thank you for your input and your enthusiasm and your dedication to these topics. I am curious as to what influence the Masonic Order had on some of our early signers. And if that is of any consequence as we progress even down to our nation at this time. Great question. Great question. Uh, okay, the, the Masonic Lodge is kind of a fascinating thing. And, you know, um, in a way, uh, watch National Treasure with Nicolas Cage <laughs> because it's in there. Let me, let me say this. It is true George Washington, our first president, was a Mason. Um, but you, you've got to understand that in a way there's like three ways to look at Masonry. And I, I wrote, when I was in graduate school, I wrote a paper on it. And I want to be very clear. I'm not a Mason. Um, and I, I don't like Masonry uh, in general because there is um, 
There was a guy named Albert Pike who wrote a book called Morals and Dogma, and it's a very ungodly book. And there's, there's what's in, there's the Blue Lodge, there's the Fellowcraft, the Entered Apprentice, there's the Master Mason. And at, at the very least, as a Christian, I don't like masonry because in the Lodge, it treats um, not Jehovah of the Bible, but the great architect of the universe, um, uh, Gatu. God is just this general deity, whomever you claim him to be. So theologically, scripturally, thumbs down. But I want to say what we shouldn't conclude. A lot of people say, oh, well, uh, George Washington and some of the founders were Masons, therefore America must be bad. And we read that declaration, liberty and justice for all, but it must be some secret code for bad, bad things. Um, Look, that's a lot of conspiratorial theory. Um, honestly, and I, I interviewed one of the great Washington biographers, well, two, um, Jerry Newcomb, Peter Lilback, Janice Connell, three uh, highly renowned Washington biographers. Clearly, Washington was a Christian. He was a believer. Um, he didn't view Masonry as his religion. It was more of a social fraternity. I'm not saying it was right, but um, I really don't think that the Masonic um, order, because I've read Masonic documents, and they are vastly different from the Declaration, Constitution, Bill of Rights, and 50 state constitutions. I honestly think, and I'm gonna throw it to you, Tim, for the final word, Yes, were some of the signers of the Declaration Masons, but yeah, but it was more about a social function, and I really don't see that it greatly influenced the framing of the, of the Constitution much at all. Yeah. Um, you know who would know the most about this? And that's David Barton. Oh. And guess what's going to happen here in just a few hours. We're getting ready uh, for the Truth and Liberty Conference tonight. Uh, David Barton will be our primary speaker. And you're going to have to tune in for that. Uh, like he said, go to truthandliberty.net. That's, and, the, that's it, the safest way because I've, I've done Facebook and, and it, it'll disappear on you. So it'll, And that'll start in two hours. In two hours. Yes. Well, um, thank you, Christine. God bless you. Tim Robertson, um, your website again, where can we follow you? Uh, freedomfield.org. That's freedom, like freedom, F-I-L-L-E-D dot O-R-G. Yes. Well, God bless you. Man, it's an honor. Always a privilege. Karis is proud of you. Oh, man. I, I'm Just to put my name with Karis is, is an honor for me. I'm well, sure. folks, and, and you too, uh, either online distance education, although we'd love for you to come to Woodland Park, visit this campus one time, and you'll want to come here. You too can be a part of Karis and maybe find God's destiny for you, how you can serve Him. Thanks for watching Truth and Liberty. Alex McFarland here saying thank you and thank this crew. May God bless you. Thank you for joining today's Truth and Liberty livecast. You can watch today's and past livecasts in our archives at truthandliberty.net. Our goal is to educate Christians and connect them with resources and organizations to help them impact their sphere of influence. You can help us accomplish this by making a donation at truthandliberty.net slash donate. Join us next time for more Truth and Liberty.